Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. You see, the glory is an environment. When God came and He created the heavens and the earth and He placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, that was a place, it was an environment. And God placed His glory in us. The book of Romans 3 says that because of sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. But Hebrews says that Christ came once and for all and He dealt with the sin and He restored something to us. He gave something back to us. And in John 17, Jesus comes and He prays and He says, Father, I've done my job. I've completed that which You called me to do. And Father, as You have glorified me, and He says, now restore me back to my former glory and that what I had. And He says, but Father, now the glory that I have, I give to them so that they may be one as we are one. Come on. The glory is to be one with God as well. And He says that the glory that I had, I give to them. You carry the glory that's an environment that we live in. You see, but the glory is forever moving. It's a place. It's not just at one place or a, a destination. It was, it was moving. And God wants to come and restore something in us to be carriers of that glory again. The book of Revelation 10 speaks that God has made unto him us kings and priests. That you are a king priest to carry that. The priest had to be equal height so that they could carry the ark. You see, the ark was meant to be carried on the shoulders. The covenant, the glory was made for us to carry. And God calls you a carrier of His presence. And when Eli was a priest, Eli died when the Philistines came and they entered into the city and they destroyed it. But when Eli sat and and he sat on his chair, but when the report came and says, the ark of the covenant, the presence, the glory has been taken, he fell over and he died. And when his daughter-in-law, his sons died in battle, When she heard the news that her husband has died, she gave birth prematurely. She went into labor and she called the son and she said, Ichabod. Ichabod means for the glory has, no glory. The glory has departed. You see, for the temple and the place, the ark was the glory that was carried. For that many years, it was at the enemy until David brought back the glory of God. But David tried to do it in the way the Philistines do it on a cart. And it says then when he came to the threshing floor, the ox stumbled and Uzzah put out his hand to prevent the the covenant, the ark of the covenant to fall down. It says, but the Lord struck Uzzah and he fell dead. Because God said we are the carriers. There's a way to carry the glory. And then Robert Edom the ark stood at the Philistines' house. 
and because of God's presence they started to become blessed and until David come to a place where he says now we need to go and fetch the ark and do it the right way carry it on the shoulders of the priest but then it says every six steps David brought a sacrifice unto the Lord just think about it if you slaughter a cow the amount of blood every six steps he brought a sacrifice unto the Lord. Six deals with a number of man. You see, to carry the glory of God, you have to deal with the flesh. You have to deal with man. You have to deal with this, who you are. And to bring a sacrifice is not so sincere about the sacrifice, but it's what the fragrance and the sacrifice represents. And every time you look at the Bible and, and when there's a sacrifice, there's a word that's connected to that. And it says, it was a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. Your sacrifice is a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. And that's why the book of Romans says now that we come to present ourselves as a living holy sacrifice unto the Lord. When you come and you allow God to deal with the flesh and you become a sacrifice, you carry the glory in the right way. Come on. God wants to bring His glory. I think it was said last week. I'm going to say it again. For too long we have cried out and said, Lord, we want to see Your glory. Lord, we want to see Your move. We want to see the healings, but nothing happens. Come on. For too long we have said these things and we don't see it. The Lord is raising up a new era. The Lord is releasing a new dispensation. The Lord is releasing a new fragrance and a new anointing. God is awakening us to stand in our rightful place. To understand again your identity and that what He has called you to be. The wholeness, the peace, the fullness, the glory. That he says that you will live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. That when you speak, it shall be. But that you will be so one with God. That's what he says. Father, the glory you've given me, I give to them so that we are one or that they can be one as we are. You have to be in oneness. You have to be in unity with God. You have to walk in a way where you are. That what the, the New Testament says that don't get drunk of wine but be filled with the Spirit of God. And he says, then if you walk by the Spirit, then also keep in step with the Spirit. It's what you carry. You see, we need to get to a place where Peter and James, they walk to the temple and they come to the lame man and he begs. And Peter says to him, what? He says, gold and silver I do not have, but that what I do have, I give to you. And he grabs his hand and he says, rise in the name of Jesus. You see, Peter, before the resurrection, they didn't know what they carry. But then after seeing a resurrected Savior, that he broke the power of sin and he broke the power of death and he's glorified, they started to realize their identity and that what they carry. You see, and the community, they didn't get it through doctrine. The community didn't realize this through teachings. Communities realized through observation that there where the men of God walk, something happens. 
that when I walk and my shadow falls on somebody, they get healed because I know what I carry. And it's a time where God wants to start shaking you and wake you up and say, come on, do you understand what you carry? I've called you to be a carrier of my glory. I've called you to be a habitation of my presence. God says it from the beginning and the whole time. Every time He says it is His desire to dwell among His people. And that's why I said to Amos and says to Malachi and all the different prophets, every time they come back and says, God wants to dwell with you. Build the house of God. Have a dwelling place for He wants to be among His people. God wants to dwell. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you, come on, say it, me, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit and that God's Spirit dwells within us. And it says, and you are that temple and that temple is holy. Come on, holy. Father, the glory you've given me, I give to them so that as we are one, they and you can become one. Holy means to become one with. That's why the elders, when they get a new revelation of who God is, they say, holy, 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 holy. They say, let us become one with this new revelation. Let us become one with who you are. A new face of God. A new side of who He comes to, to just show who He is. And it says, let us become one with that. And that's what Jesus says, Father, the glory, let them become one. You see, we need to become one. It's in the unity. When the church, it says, when Peter was in prison, and it says, when they prayed in one accord with one voice and one mind, it says, there was shaking. And the houses shook, the prisons shook, the chains broke open and they walked out. Come on, when there's unity and oneness, we will shake things. Don't think it's the job of the pastor. Be church, come on. We are the church. God has given His glory to the church. I want to remind you, He says, I'm coming for a glorious bride. The bride should carry the glory. And in that place, the kabod is the full weight of a thing. Shekinah is God's manifest glory and presence. We want it all. We want it all. But you need to get hungry for that. For he says, for those who are hungry, they shall see God. You will be satisfied. Come on. Where's the hungry ones? Where's the hungry ones? We need to stir up a hunger for God's presence. You need to say more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. And that what was ministered this morning. You have to pour it out. God can only fill that what is empty again. God doesn't fill full things. You have to pour out so that there's a new fresh filling. If you feel like God's not moving in your life, start giving, start praying, start releasing, then He can fill anew. But start. Come on, just say, I am a carrier of His glory. I'm a carrier of God's presence. God wants to fill me. You need to understand who you are. You see, we want the glory of God. But sometimes it's not just the five-minute dip we need. We, we need more than just five minutes in His presence. If I take a cucumber and I put it in a solution of, of vinegar and spices and salt and I, I leave it there for five or ten minutes, maybe for a day and I take it out and I take a bite, what does it taste like? 
It's going to be still a cucumber. You're going to maybe taste the, the water, the vinegar, but that's just on the outside. But on the inside, you're still a cucumber. But if I take that and I leave it for a couple of weeks or months in that solution and I soak it, then it becomes a pickle. And when you taste it, it has taken on the nature and the fragrance of that what it's soaked in. And you see, God wants us to be in His glory and in His presence, not a five-minute dip, but to be in a place where we can take on the nature and the fragrance of God. That's what Paul says. He says, for you, come on, say me. You are the aroma of God, the aroma of Christ, the fragrance unto those who are saved and unsaved, to one a fragrance of life, to one a fragrance of death fragrance of death what it means that you lay down your life unto death it says that he didn't love his life but laid it unto death again as you lay down it becomes a pleasing aroma unto the Lord a pleasing fragrance so what we're gonna do is we're not gonna play church we're not gonna come and say tick the box attended a service we want to impact nations the city what we do is to be in a place where God fills us with his glory so that when you walk and you walk into a place things start to shift because of what you carry things start to change you see I'm tired of hearing people trying praying for business deals and all these things that don't just come or always you just to number 99 and then it fails you see things need to shift because of what you carry let heaven come as it is in heaven. There's no number 99 in heaven and then always make it and then fail. We need to start reflecting that what is there. And that what God speaks about the temple. He says, hey, what we have here is only a reflection of what's up there. And now God says this. We've dealt with it before. But I want to I just emphasize it again. When he speaks to Moses and he says, let's build a temple, a tabernacle. That was a temporary thing. And everything was temporary. The provision was temporary. The manna was temporary. And it's sometimes as if maybe you gather finances, but it's just as you have finances, the expenses, and you know, it's all just temporary. It's always just like, there's just enough for that. But it's because when you walk in the wilderness in that season, everything, you're not living in the wilderness. You're, you, you're going through a place. So it's a temporary thing. The tabernacle was temporary, but there was an outer court, an inner court, the holy place. But when they move into the promised land, it says that day the manna sees and they started eating the produce of the land. Come on. When things become permanent, there's something else. Then there's abundance. Then there's a, there's a harvest. Because in the wilderness, when they tried to gather more than the day's portion of manna, it rot. There was worms in it. It was spoiled. But when they took hold of the promise, they started planting and there's a multiplication. There was a harvest. There's something different. And then in that place, God comes and David gathers the material for the tabernacle of David. And suddenly, there's no outer court, inner court, holy place. It's just one. 
And God speaks prophetically of us to enter. He says, boldly come to the throne of grace. Come on. There's no veil anymore. The veil was moved. The veil was torn. You are a carrier of His glory. We don't always have to do step one and two and three and five. A pattern to get there. You need to start becoming aware of what you carry. You need to be hungry. You need to be a place to say, Lord, we want more. And not to live for yourself, but to say, I'm a carrier of His presence, but why? Not to just live in fullness, but to start changing the environment, changing the atmosphere, influencing. Build your kingdom, Lord. Build your kingdom that as we go, as we move, your kingdom is established that we take. You see, we, we do very, very, very often we do things so in a nice spirit. But I want to tell you that scripture that says the violent take the kingdom by force. I want to say there's a violent anointing coming. And we're going to see the kingdom of God be taken by force. It's a time where we need to get off sitting in our comfort and start moving. But the starting point is you need to start understanding and knowing what you carry. What God has given you. What God wants to fill. You are a vessel of honor. You are consecrated. Why does he say we fall short because of sin? Come on, I want to tell you this. You're not a sinner anymore. I have a problem with the guys that says I'm a sinner saved by grace. So what about the newness of life, the new creation and God changing us? Come on, you were a sinner saved by grace. But now that you're saved, you're a new creation. You have a new garment. That's why he says, take off the old and put on the new. If you are a new and you have a new garment, then you don't stay a sinner. Come on. So you need to renew your mind to start understanding that you now walk in a new way. A newness of life. You see, when you sin and you start asking forgiveness and you keep on, don't raise your hand because many of us sometimes we ask forgiveness for the same thing a couple of times. And I'm like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And you ask forgiveness. And you need to get a revelation of the love of the Father. You need to understand forgiveness, but you need to come because sometimes there's a, there's a line between living, living legalistic and under grace where Christ has set you free but sometimes because of the examples of our fathers and all these things there's an issue and God wants to set you free because you're not under the law you're under grace come on because the glory doesn't come under the law it comes in excellence when we do things you see, because otherwise the glory becomes dependent again on the law and on our works. I've fasted so many days. I've put so many hours into prayer. I've done this and, I've, and it becomes all about your works again. You see, and when we, when we come into works, we come into a pattern, into a form. And form becomes religion. Religion is just form with no power. There's no power in it. Instead, God says, no, you need to be filled and spirit. Filled and spirit-led. So God comes and He says, that what you soak in, you start taking on the nature and the fragrance of that. That's what you carry. 
So do you understand and do you know what fragrance you carry? Because God has a fragrance. God's name has got a fragrance. God's presence has got a fragrance. Do you understand what you carry? But not just that, we are made in His image and likeness. So God hasn't just got emotions and thoughts and all these things. He's got taste and smell. And that's why it says, when you start laying down and become a sacrifice, you become a pleasing aroma, a pleasing fragrance, a pleasing smell unto Him. So ask your neighbor, do you know what you smell like? Now you can say, yes, I'm sitting next to you, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can, of course I can smell you. <laughs> do you understand what you carry? You need to become aware of this. That's our aim. There's many things I wanted to say, but I thought that we need to start with building with the end in mind. The end is glory. But when we build, we build with the end in mind. For those who build, you're not frustrated when you dig the first foundation and the first, you know, um, trench. Because you are excited because you build with the end in mind and that which you want to see. And there's challenges and things and hardships and but you persevere because you have a picture. And I want to challenge you that when we start here, we build with the end in mind. There's something that we want, yes, but it's going to cost us. And it's going to take effort and work from us. Apostle Phil said it last week. He says, when they went into the promised land, it was a land of milk and honey. How do you get milk? You have to milk a cow. Who? You. So he said it's work. It's work. To get honey, you're gonna be you're gonna get sting. You remove honey from bees, some of them will sting you. But it's gonna take something. You wanna go all out for the glory? Maybe family will sting you and say, You lost your mind. You're crazy one, or you're the happy clappy, or you know, you, whatever they say. But are you willing to do that so that you can be a carrier of God's presence? So that now, because I said a, a community, they got it through observation. And they said, get the sick in the roads because there's the man of God. They're on their way to the temple. And between here and there, just get them into the road because when his shadow falls upon them, they become healed. We said, you need to let it flow. You know why the Dead Sea is dead? Because there's an inflow, but no outflow. You see, when there's an outflow, in other words, an outwards living, not inwards, there's life. But so often our little things and stuff that we said, come and get rid of it this morning. Usually that, we become so self-focused, depressed, when a depressed person walks in this room, his shadow is not going to heal anybody. His shadow is not going to heal because he's inwardly focused. My things, my problems, my challenges. But when you start understanding, when you're in that place of glory, because glory shifts things. Glory has a different economy. Glory comes and brings the equilibrium. 
It says, when the glory of God came, then two by two they went out and they took the city. You see, so there's no outwards flow because we don't make room for God's glory to come and shift the atmosphere and shift the economy and the way we work with. So there's no outwards flow to change a community. But when we started hosting the glory of God, because sometimes for some it's great evangelism, but if you really just truly put up your hand, you're gonna say, I don't like it. I don't like to speak to others. We're very private. I don't like to go out. But you see, when you start carrying the glory, you don't have to force yourself to speak to somebody. People will come and ask and say, what do I smell on you? Why are you different? What is it that you carry? We're going to start ending off. That was the priests. They had to bring a sacrifice, that sweet fragrant offering unto the Lord. And being in that place, They got drenched in that smell. Yes, Jan and Serena, I use that example many times when I teach. How often do you say he smells like turbo works when he gets home? Because of the balancer and the oil and the things and we in the workshop. You know, in the winter times, I won't wash my pants every week. I'll wear it for a couple of days and the next morning when I put it on, I smell like that oil and I'm like, yo. But when we get in that environment, we all smell the same. We don't, we don't smell it. It's, it's clinging to you, your shoes, your belts, the car. And you see, and the priest comes every morning and every night and he brings a fragrant offering unto the Lord. And, and, and Moses in Exodus 30 there around gets the recipe and God says, you're not allowed to clone this. This fragrance is holy unto the Lord. This fragrance is so unique, it's only found in the holy place. It was actually supposed to be in the holy of holies. But because the priests were only allowed to go in there once a year, they put it just this side of the veil. But your life is supposed to be a fragrant offering every single day in the glory. Because it says there was no light there, but the glory of God was the light. But that fragrant offering was there morning and evening. Morning and evening. And the fire was never allowed to go out. You cannot stop carrying a fragrance. You cannot say, I feel like today I carry it tomorrow. And, and carry a fragrance, this is the thing about a fragrance. You cannot fake it. You either have it or you don't. You cannot try to say, oh, I've got this nice fragrance. We're going to smell what you smell like. You can... Okay. There's many gifts, half and puff and stuff that we can make a show and you think, wow. But that what you carry, you cannot fake. That fragrance is only found when you're in the holy place. And when the priest walks home, because people, they were stoned to death. If they tried to clone this, they had to be killed. Because it could only be found in that holy place, holy unto God. And now he says, you are the temple. And I expect of you that you can carry that fragrance that's supposed to be found in the temple. And when the priest walks home and people come, and they smell him, they say, we know where you've been. 
You've been in the holy place, in the presence of God, giving offerings. You see, so when you walk, people can smell you and say, I know where you've been. You in the holy place, in the presence of God. And that's what Paul says for us in the New Testament. We are the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. You are the aroma of Christ. But we only get that when it's not a five minute dip. But when you start soaking in God's presence, soaking, getting on your face, allowing Him to come and saturate you, letting go of the things that hold you back, then you'll be transformed. You will take on the nature and the fragrance of that. Come on, that's what God wants to do in us. Are you with me? Do you want that? So we're not going to play church. We're going to be church. I want to see a model again where we shift communities, where we impact, that when we walk, things happen because we're starting to understand what we carry and who God is. Amen. Let's stand Thank together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website at bchurch.co.za. Reformed to function. Let's be church.